0: Hey, it's time for me to grant a request to Let's see, um, I have the letter right here. I'll get it out of my desk here. I mean, should have had that. Here we go, should have had that up on the desk first. Okay, here is the letter from a Miss Melba Crisp from Cincinnati, Ohio. She says, one of my favorite shows was yours truly, Johnny Dollar, and I particularly like the show that starred Bob Bailey. How many different people played Bob Bailey, anyway, do you know? Well, Melba? Melba Crisp? Uh, Yes, I do know. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, had more lives than a cat. Despite the very poor reviews in 1949, Johnny Dollar lived to fight again and again and again and again. The series went through seven changes in the title role of Johnny Dollar over a span of 14 years, and it was amazing that a show with such a small budget And so much turnover in the lead role wound up being the very last dramatic show on the air, closing down the art of dramatic network radio on September 30th, 1962. And almost every fan of the series agreed with you, Melba, that Bob Bailey portrayed Johnny Dollar better than any of the other six actors who took on the role. And they included some pretty powerful people. Dick Powell in 1948, Charles Russell in 1949 and 50, Then from 50 to 52, it was Edmund O'Brien. 52 to 54, John Lund. 1955, Gerald Moore. 1955 to 60, Bob Bailey. And then 60 to 61, Bob Reddick. And from 61 to 62, closing out the series, was Mandel Kramer. Now, Johnny Dollar was an insurance investigator. The story centered around his expense account. He worked alone and each week he was whisked away to a new location in a new case, perhaps to Mexico, California, New York City, or a swamp in Louisiana. Dalla was the narrator of the story, and he wrote every expense into his book, and I mean every expense, because at the end of the story, when the case was closed, he would send off his expense account record to his employer, requesting that he be reimbursed for everything in it, plus money for his time. And he would sign his letter to his employer, Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. And he always wrote with a pen, never a pencil, because they break too easily. And to write with a broken pencil is pointless. The Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar that you're going to hear on this track is entitled The Mary Grace Matter. I guess something was the matter with Mary Grace. Perhaps a thief stole her calendar, and because of that crime, he got 12 months. This is Aeroom Radio. A different kind of Oli's program. I'm your Oli host, John Lovering, thanking you for listening in. It is because of you that I do this podcast, so I thank you for your visit. I will leave you these words of wisdom. What do you call cheese that isn't yours? Nacho cheese. That's almost as bad as, what do you call a boomerang that doesn't work? A stick.
1: Hollywood. It's time now for Johnny Dollar. Randy Singer, Johnny. Oh, hi, Randy. How's the New York City Police Department these days? Well, the department's fine. Me, I'm not so sure. Well, then maybe I'd better run on down there and cheer you up a bit, huh? Yeah, you'd better come down here on account of Mary Grace Marshall. Hey, how do you know Mary Grace? The point is, you do. Well, matter of fact, I just got back from a weekend in that town of yours. Yeah, Mary Grace and I had a ball. We took in a couple of shows, did the nightclub routine. Yeah, I know. Even spent Sunday afternoon together out at the... What do you mean, you know? Johnny, your little girlfriend's been murdered. What? Yeah. Brandy, have you got any leads, anything to go on? Yeah, Johnny, plenty. Then I'll grab the first plane. Yeah, you'd better. <laughs> In the exciting adventures of a man with the action-packed expense account, America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Act one of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to the Mid-Eastern Life and Casualty Insurance Company, Home Office, Hartford, Connecticut. Following is an account of expenses incurred during my investigation of the Mary Grace matter. Expense account item one, ten cents. Phone call to the airport to reserve a seat on the first plane to New York. Item two, phone call to Ben Perrin at the Claims Department of Mid-Eastern Life. Ben, this is Johnny Dollar. Oh, hello, John. Now, listen, I'm on my way down to New York at your company's expense, though the expense part is beside the point. Come on, now, just wait a minute. Mary Grace Marshall has just been murdered. Marshall? Your company holds a policy on her, and I'm going down there to investigate. Well, now, wait, John, until we issue proper authorization for you to conduct the investigation. Don't give me that, Ben. I'm going down there now. Well, then, it's completely without sanction from this or any other... Okay, okay, forget it. I was trying to save time, and I thought I was doing you a favor. Well, I suppose you are, but until a request for your services can be routed... I said forget terminals. it, didn't you hear me? Yeah, I gotta go, gotta catch a plane. Well, for heaven's sake, man, what are you so up in arms about? Why you're so concerned about this particular... Because that girl was a personal friend of mine. A very dear friend. Oh. John, i John, I'm sorry. I can see now why you're so upset. Yeah, I'm upset. By all means, go ahead, Officially. And if there's anything I can do... Yeah, there is. You can stop all this yammering so I can hang up and get out of here. Goodbye. John. Yeah, what now? You really cared for that girl, didn't you? Yeah, Ben. I cared. Expense account item three, 920. Cab to the airport and plane ticket to New York. The trip down there gave me time to think. And thinking about it hurt. Mary Grace Marshall. Tall, brunette, and very beautiful. And as straight a girl as I'd ever known. There was a time a few years ago when I'd hoped she might marry me. But she wanted to stay with her successful career as a fashion designer. And she was right. I'm not the marrying type either. So we just remained friends. We had a lot of fun together. It is dancing an occasional nightclub sometimes the long hair stuff a recital or the opera or we go to the zoo or the circus or a boxing match or a baseball game or just go for a quiet walk in the park and often just a long quiet evening in her apartment over a tall cool drink and good conversation a good night kiss sure but that was all now she was gone and believe me, somebody was going to pay. Item four, $6 even for a fast taxi to the 18th Precinct Headquarters and Sergeant Randy Singer. Come on in, Johnny. Close the door. Sure. Hi. Right. Better uh, sit down, huh? Yeah. All right, when did it happen, Randy, and how? You said on the phone you have some leads. Clues all over the place. They all point toward one person. Oh. Toward the one person known to have been withered about the time the coroner says she was killed. How was she killed? Struggle. Fell and struck her head on the base of the fireplace. Cigarette, Johnny? Oh, yeah, thanks. Incidentally, so far I've been able to keep this thing out of the papers. Oh, hey, give me a light, will you, Huh? I seem to have forgotten my lighter. Yeah, you have. Here. Thanks. Now, the coroner says she was killed Sunday night, late. What? By somebody who must have spent several hours with her. You said late Sunday night? That's a. Go on, Johnny. Hey, look, stop snapping that lighter and. Wait a minute, where'd you get that? According to all the evidence, it was left behind by whoever murdered Mary Grace Marshall. Here look familiar. Are you crazy? This letter is mine. I... Yeah, Johnny. I know. And now, act two of yours truly, Johnny Dollar and the Mary Grace Matter. Mary Grace Marshall, an old friend, a very dear one, murdered in her New York apartment on East 77th Street. Sergeant Randy Singer, my old friend at 18th Precinct Homicide, had called me immediately. And when I got there, showed me a very damning piece of evidence. Presented to Special Investigator Johnny Dollar by the International... Sure, of course it's my lighter. And I must have left it in Mary Grace's apartment Sunday night. But that certainly doesn't mean that I killed her. Coroner says she died about the same time you were there. Oh, how do you know what time I was there? Wife of Charlie Walker, the building superintendent, Johnny. She saw you leave. That isn't enough evidence to convict a fly, and you know There's it. There's plenty more. Yeah, like what? Your fingerprints all over the place? Well, sure, I took you. Cigarette butts, same brand you smoke. So what does that mean? A for? lot of them, Johnny. Like a very nervous smoker. Well, I was with her all evening. Doing what? Oh, now, look, Randy, surely you can't be serious. You can't think for a minute you I... look, Johnny, this is my case. Nobody else's. I'm keeping it that way. I've kept it out of the papers. I think you know why. Oh, sure, sure, I know why. Because we've been buddy-buddy for so long, you want to be sure that if anybody hangs me, you will, for old times' sake. I asked you what you were doing... Well, let me no... tell you something, Randy. That girl meant a lot to me. What were you so doing So shut Sunday up and night? tell me what other evidence you have, what you know, that can help me find out who... I'm sorry, Randy. Sure, it's it's your job. I'd probably do the same thing to you under the circumstances. If you didn't, I wouldn't have any use for you. But don't you see? Okay, look, look. We spent Sunday afternoon at the zoo, the Bronx Zoo. Went up on the subway. We walked a lot, got pretty tired. I promised her a dinner at the Chambord over on 3rd Avenue. But she said she had some food at the apartment, so we went back there. Then we just sat around and talked, played some music, that's all. And had some drinks. Yeah, I picked up a bottle of scotch on the way. How many drinks? Oh, one or two light ones is all. Sorry, Johnny, that bottle was nearly empty. But that's him. Who discovered the body? Mrs. Walker, wife of the apartment super. The one who saw you leave shortly after hearing the screams that made her... Screams? Yeah, that made her finally go up and look in the Marshall girl's oh, apartment. She's crazy, Randy. You're lying. Can you prove it? I'd like to talk to that woman. I think she's, she's better. She's off a rocker if she told you she... What'd you say? I think you ought to see her. Huh? But if I'm your big suspect? Sure you are. Until you can help me prove I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Drove over to the place on 77th Street in a prowl car. Everything was exactly as it had been when I'd left Sunday night, except that there were signs of a struggle, as Randy had said. A chair and a lamp had been knocked over. The hi-fi shoved aside when she'd fallen at the fireplace. Even the bottle of scotch from which I'd poured a couple of small... Hmm. What's the matter, Johnny? Well, I'm not sure, Randy, but... I'd have sworn I left this bottle out in the kitchenette where I... Huh? Hey, are you making more prank? Yeah. Look, this bottle of soda, three quarters full. You don't kill most of a bottle of scotch with only this much soda. Unless you're drinking it straight. Oh, who drinks it straight these days? An alcoholic? Or somebody who needs a jolt for his nerve? Maybe. Want to go downstairs and talk to the super's wife? Yeah, let's. Let's. <laughs> The superintendent's wife turned out to be a living doll. Young, pretty, with too much makeup. The sort of look like she decided to get out of the chorus line for a quieter life as the wife of a building superintendent. I noticed a peculiar, spicy kind of odor when she first let us in. But thought nothing of it at the time. Now, you're sure this is the man you saw leaving Miss Marshall's apartment, Mrs. Walker?
2: I was standing right here in this doorway. It was after I heard her screaming up there, round... Midnight.
1: You're sure you heard a scream?
2: Well, my husband heard it first. He woke me up, pounding on the wall between our bedrooms.
1: Well, didn't he get up to investigate?
2: Oh, no, the lazy... Well, he's been sick. He's still sick. But then I heard the screaming, so I run into his room and ask him what to do. Go back to bed and forget it, he says. It's probably just a party upstairs.
1: Then you went up and found the body, huh?
2: Well, first I tried to sleep, but I kept thinking I heard noises.
1: From upstairs?
2: Well, no. You're sure? It was like maybe my husband was getting up or something. Go on. Well, finally, about 2 a.m., I went up to her apartment. When she didn't answer my knock, I let myself in. And there she was, dead.
1: Who called the police? You or your husband?
2: Him? Huh. Besides, I told you he was sick. He still is.
1: I'd like to talk with him.
2: Oh, sure. If he's sober enough. Come on. Oh.
1: That was a funny crack. If her husband really was sick, she led us toward the rear of the apartment, and I mistakenly started to enter her bedroom. That peculiar odor again, only more pronounced. And believe me, it was an arpeggio.
2: Here, mister, this way.
1: Her husband's bedroom was pretty much of a mess, untidy, with pictures of bathing beauties, calendar art, and some striking pictures of Mary Grace Marshall plastered all over the walls. This room had an odor about a two. Of stale booze.
2: Here you are, Charlie.
1: No. No, I... I tell you, I don't want any more of that stuff.
2: Well, you seem to think it'd make you feel better.
1: I did? What did you... Oh. Oh, the cop again. That's right, Mr. Walker.
2: And this is the guy seen coming down from your girlfriend's apartment after all the screaming. His name's Johnny something. You
1: actually heard screaming up there, Mr. Walker?
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah,
1: awful racket. Woke me up. Scared me. What do you mean? That poor girl up there, all alone.
2: Only she wasn't alone. But then it stopped.
1: I figured maybe I'd been wrong. Had a nightmare or
0: something.
2: Yeah, sure. A dream about her. You think about me for a change instead of dreaming about shut, that day. Shut up. Talking about her, dreaming about her, sneaking around to have a look at her when she came out. If you wasn't sick, I think you'd sneaked up there and done her in because you couldn't shut have up her. it. What your you take her out of here? It wouldn't be the first time a drunken bum has killed somebody. Shut be- up! Shut up!
1: Mrs. Walker, I thought I told you this man was supposed to be kept quiet. Oh,
2: well, now look, Doctor. I... Doctor, yet
1: I walk in here and find this sort of thing going on. Go on, all of you. Out of here while I attend this man. Just a minute, Doctor. Out immediately. This is a heart case complicated by a very serious virus infection. Shock. if I can have just one mm-hmm. later... officer. I must save this man's life. <laughs> Come on, Randy. You too, Mrs. Walker.
2: Ah, yeah, sure, sure. He's been
1: getting alcohol again. Strictly against my own... Now, look here, Mrs. Walker. No, no, wait. Huh? Come on upstairs with me again. Oh? What'd you think of? A couple of things, Randy, that I believe will clinch this case so fast. Come on. <laughs> Act three of yours truly, Johnny Dollar, and the Mary Grace matter. What do you mean, clinch the case, Johnny? Didn't you hear enough from Charlie Walker and his wife? Yeah, I heard plenty, Randy. Well, then what's the point of coming back here to the dead girl's apartment? Let me show you something here in the kitchenette. The scotch bottle you shouldn't pick that up, Johnny, Prince. Yeah, Prince. And where your boys dusted over them to show them up. But look. Yeah? Right here, they're smeared, see? By a piece of cloth. Sure, he tried to erase them when he killed that bottle. Now, come on back to the living room. And Here, take a look at this. What's the hi-fi set got to do with it? I told you Mary Grace and I sat here Sunday night talking and playing records. So? This record on the turntable is the same one we were playing just before I left her. Look at it. Hmm, Dolorima by Vingetti. Never heard of it. We shut it off because it got too noisy in the death scene from that opera, huh? Listen. <laughs> Done. Sure. The screams that Walker and his wife said they heard, and that record's what gave him the idea. And now it's a matter of pinning it on him. All right. What have you got for his motive? Motive? Are you kidding? Didn't you see those pictures of all those beautiful half—those those babes he has on the wall of his room, and the pictures of the Marshall girl? All right. He was gone. For Mary Grace, talked about her, dreamed about her, had her pictures all over his room, but she wouldn't give him a tumble. All right. All right. So he hits the bottle heavier than ever on account of this frustration over the Marshall girl. Wouldn't be the first time that sort of thing has happened. Happens all the time. So if he can't have her, he's going to kill her. You see my point? Yeah, and it's well taken, Randy. All right. Last weekend, you're taking his dream girl out on the town, having a good time with her, doing all the things he wished he could do. Go on. Well, it's too much for him, driving him out of his rum-soaked mind. Then he hears that screaming on that opera record. It gives him the idea. He wakes up his wife, so she'll hear it, too. So his wife will think somebody's getting killed up there. But he doesn't let her go up there, right? Sounds good, Randy. After his wife goes back to bed, that's when she saw you leave, he goes up there and kills the girl. But if he was as sick as he appears to have been... John, the time like that, a man gets superhuman strength. Strength of a madman, they call it. And listen. I'm listening. His wife said she thought she heard him walking around, remember? I remember. So that's it. She finally got up, came up here, and found the body. So naturally, she tied it all in with the screams her old man woke her up to here. And that suited him perfectly. She couldn't help but alibi for him. Come on, let's get downstairs again. I realize, Johnny, it's all circumstantial, and I still have to pin it on him. Or her. But I'll hold him on suspicion. Or her. The same circumstances would work just as well for Walker's wife if she were the killer. Yeah, but what about the motive? Jealous wife. Jealous of somebody taking that drunken bum out of her hair. That funny odor I noticed about her when I first stepped into this place—I finally remembered what it is. Hey, I noticed that like a like a cooking spice. Well, it is sometimes cardamom seed. Cardamom. Yeah, they used to call it the drunkard's friend. A man could booze all night, chew a couple of cardamom seeds, kiss his wife goodnight. She'd never be the wiser. Well, I'll be. That odor was so strong in her bedroom that. Well, maybe she's the lush, huh? Hey. And tried to make the same thing out of her husband on the excuse it would make him feel better. You you mean he isn't a heavy drinker, doctor? No, he is not. Doctor, you said he has a heart condition, a very serious one, complicated by a certain... Yeah, yeah, I know. Could he possibly have got out of bed, climbed those stairs Sunday night, struggled with and killed someone? The odds against his surviving such a thing are a million to one, a hundred million.
2: All right, I heard it all. That means you're going to start accusing me of killing that girl up there.
1: Mrs. Walker, I told you to stay out of your husband's room.
2: Yeah? Well, he's dead, Doc. Dead? I don't know what you give him, but he's dead.
1: Did you give him more liquor? No. But you gave him enough before I came to... Wait here, all of you.
2: Well, you're going to try to pin that Marshal Dame on me now that Charlie's gone?
1: You've already pinned it on yourself, Mrs. Walker. What? What? You thought you'd left no fingerprints on that bottle up there.
2: Well, I didn't. I used a handkerchief. Yeah. I. That's what
1: oh. I thought. Look,
2: no, 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 wait a minute. I, I, I didn't mean that. Too
1: late, I'm afraid.
2: Oh, no, it ain't.
1: Put down that gun, Mrs. Walker.
2: All right. So I kill that dame on the second floor. And if I have to kill you, I. Oh! <sighs> Ooh. Yeah.
1: Thanks, Doctor. It's. It's quite all right, sir. Well, Randy, there's your killer. Happy? Yeah. I guess I ought to be. You? It doesn't bring back Mary Grace. <laughs> Expense account total, including transportation back to Hartford. No, no ways. I took on this case myself because of Mary Grace and, well, whatever she may have meant to me is none of the company's business. Oh, sure, you'll have to pay the claim on her policy, but let her go at that, will you? The rest is on me. I want it that way, understand? For old time's sake. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Be sure to join us next week, same time and station, for another exciting story of yours truly, Johnny Dollar. This is Dan Coverly speaking. This is the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service.